Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Hello, my friends. I am Dr. Bree. If you are just joining me for the first time, uh, this is going to be one of my interviews. I sometimes do interviews and I sometimes just do little solo casts where I talk about random things that are on my mind. But this particular interview is one that's really special to me, especially as I just officially launched and kind of released to the world my new website, which is uh, vibrantpelvichealth.com. So Dr. Bree's Vibrant Pelvic Health is over at vibrantpelvichealth.com. And while my I, I do still have my website, Femme Fusion Fitness, and I'm still kind of known by Femme Fusion Fitness on YouTube and Instagram and all of that, I'm really excited about this concept of Dr. Bree's Vibrant Pelvic Health because Really, my, my overall mission is truly love, first of all, and health and happiness and helping people live a vibrant life. And this is regardless of all sorts of, of applications, gender, sexual orientation, age, race, cultural identity. Basically, if you are a human being, you have a pelvic floor and you have the potential for pelvic floor issues. And that's why my new website exists, to really allow people to understand that it's not just for women. I think that in in general, a lot of people can perhaps feel that pelvic floor physical therapy or pelvic floor um, treatment options or programs or videos or that kind of thing are just for women or they're just for men. And I feel that I you know, have contributed to that a bit. I do have programs that are designated as for women and for men. But that's why I'm trying to bring it all together at the very least under one roof to kind of show the world that everybody does have the potential for pelvic floor challenges. And so bringing everything together under one roof of Dr. Bree's vibrant pelvic health and not just calling it femme fusion fitness because femme fusion fitness really implies that it's just for women and also that it's just fitness that I offer when really it's so much more. I mean, truly, I see vibrant pelvic health and the things that I offer as definitely more than you know a, a few exercises for your pelvic health. We're not just telling you ex- an exercise program. We're really providing you with an opportunity to invest in yourself and your health in a way that can truly transform your life with you know exercises, but also lifestyle mindset changes and community in every aspect of all of my programs. We we offer that. I mean, it's truly support for a total mind body transformation. It's not just pelvic floor exercises. And again, I do have programs for people who identify as male and people who identify as female. And I wanted to talk to Nicole for this interview today. Nicole is the woman that I'm interviewing, and we're talking about gender identity and inclusive language. So in the world of pelvic floor physical therapy, it can be a little bit tricky to help people who may, you know, have been uh, assigned female at birth, but maybe they don't identify as a female anymore or assigned male at birth and maybe don't identify as a male anymore. But the thing is, once again, I'll say, 
everybody has a pelvic floor. And so we need to open up this conversation because gender fluidity is, is a beautiful thing. It is a part of our world. And I want people who are essentially on the, on the, in this beautiful color wheel of gender to know that if they need support with their pelvic health, they can get it from me and they can talk to me about it, even though I may still be new at learning the language and, and being as inclusive as possible with my language on my website. And when I speak, I am extremely open to working with anybody and I'm working on my own knowledge and awareness and my own language and I'm trying my best. And so that's why I had Nicole on this interview, which is actually on my YouTube channel as well if you happen to want to you know, see her and I talking. If you're more of a visual person, you can check it out on my YouTube channel as well. I wanted to have her on just to open the conversation for, for me personally, for myself, so I can talk to all customers and all clients, but also for anyone out there who maybe is currently exploring their own gender identity, or maybe someone, maybe you have a family member who's exploring their gender identity and you don't really understand, but you don't know how to ask. Maybe it feels awkward to kind of open up that conversation. And you want to learn, but you just don't know how to go there. Well, you can watch this and it'll give you some basic info. Um, Or for other healthcare providers out there like me who really want to provide compassionate, respectful care for all of their clients, but maybe, again, just aren't really sure how to start. Because I know I'm not the only one who's not quite sure how to start. So that's how we we approach this interview. And I hope you'll enjoy this candid conversation. And if you have any questions about anything or want more information, please check the show notes. I have contact information for Nicole. I have a coupon code for the, the shop that Nicole works at, which uh, is called Early to Bed. And I also have ways that you can check out my new website, vibrantpelvichealth.com, and look, learn more about my programs that I offer. So thanks for listening to this long-winded intro, and let's get right to the interview with Nicole. Okay, Nicole, let's go ahead and get started. I am so excited that why we're doing, why we're having this conversation about inclusive language and just understanding a little bit more about terms to use and this whole wide world that I'm very humbled to admit that I just don't know much about. And the reason we're talking about this today is because of two t-shirts that I have and two things I stand by. One of them is love each other. And the other one is I support the pelvic floor. And these are two things that really are huge parts of my life. I mean, the thing is everyone has a pelvic floor. Every single person has a pelvic floor and every single person potentially could have issues with their pelvic floor, no matter how they identify. And I just love everyone and I just want to help everyone. But I realized I don't know. I mean, in a field that's open to being accepting and helping everyone, I think that this field of pelvic floor physical therapy, we tend to kind of isolate people into men's health mm-hmm. and women's health. Yeah. And this very kind of binary way of talking. And I just don't know how to go. I don't know how to open up the conversation and make everyone feel included. So I asked you, because yes. you're amazing and you're a friend and a client and somebody that we've, we've, we've done a lot together. So Nicole, <laughs> thank you for being here today. Thank you for asking me and for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. And I guess let's just dive in. I, I do want to say to anyone listening right now um, that Nicole, she works at a store in Chicago, a really great 
woman owned, right? Uh, sex. Yes. Women, we're woman owned. Yeah. yeah. Called early to bed. It's a, it's a long time establishment. They have stuff online as well as of course in Chicago, but <clears throat> Nicole really knows her stuff and she's really in this, in this world a lot. So can you just start by like literally start at the beginning? How would you help someone like me? Who's humbly coming to you and saying, yeah. I just don't know where to even start with this. Sure. Um, well, the first thing I would say is you're coming at it from the perfect place, which is a place of warmness and love and truly wanting to be able to help everybody, regardless of who they are or how they identify. One of the reasons I was drawn to your, well, I was drawn to your work, of course, because I had pelvic floor dysfunction and I wanted to learn how to still exercise and be as active and healthy as possible. But one of the reasons probably that I stuck around and still will recommend your work to people is because even though you have a focus on women's health, you know, that's kind of the language that you use on your channel and in your work, it never felt prescriptive. It never felt like you were equating a certain body part with being a woman or, or anything like that. Um, and so I still felt like even if you weren't actively trying to be inclusive, you, you, you were still to me, I felt like you were. Thank um, you for saying that. That makes me so happy. Cause yeah. I mean, I do have a lot of men who watch, I actually, I haven't looked recently, but it's something like 30% of my viewership is wow. now. Yeah. And I've had so many men really enjoy doing hip circle videos and ask like, say, is this okay for me to do? I'm a man. Can I still do this workout or this work? And I'm like, of course, please. Like we all have hips. We all we have all, butts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all have How do we even start? There's. Oh yeah. We, so we, gender and sexuality and identity there ever changing their fluid. Um, and even that in itself can startle some people because, you know, if you were born one way and you were assigned a gender at birth and you grew up and you've always been that way and you've never questioned your identity, um, it can be kind of surprising or alarming to know that there are people who do. And, and it's just like so hard to understand if you've never had that or never questioned um, yourself to, to understand what it must feel like to do that, um, to have that experience. So one of the, I think the simplest things is when we're talking about people, because we still only have to like we we have male and female and like those are the categories that we have when people are born that is they are they are assigned either male at birth or female at birth and so if you ever see the um just the letters afab or amab a f a b a m a b that stands for assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth okay and that's a really easy sort of shorthand to that's kind of the the green flag saying, I know that this is just an assignment that that gender is more than our body parts. And um, that when we're born, we're assigned a label. 
Um, so just saying like assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth, I think is a really great and easy place to start. And that still can take some practice to get that to roll off the tongue. Yeah. Um, so you could but, say, you do see people saying like AFAB or, yeah. okay. Amen. Yeah. Even, even in language people, if, if like in, in the space where I work, for example, saying yeah. that, like we, we know what that means. Um, but if I'm talking to customers, I would say assign female at birth or assign male at birth. Um, another, uh, really simple one is just like, depending on what we're talking about, if, if I'm talking about toys, for example, um, for people with different bodies at work, um, people with vulvas or people with vaginas or people with penises. And those can be a little trickier because we're still like, we're still a little uncomfortable when it comes to saying body parts. For sure. Um, especially on, I mean, even with the, like we, we never know what, if what we're going to say on Instagram is going to get us banned, for example. But yeah, so I forget where we started. Oh, we were talking about um, just ter- like terms. I mean, we're really, yeah. even though the world is opening up and, and we're needing to have mm-hmm. more fluidity in our conversation and more open, you know, open-mindedness in our conversation. I think we're still a little bit behind the times where we can't even say words like sex or vulva on Instagram without having yeah. our accounts flagged. But we were on the track of like yeah. um, AFAB um, for assigned female at birth, AMAB assigned male at birth. Um, and then also the ideas of, you know, another green flag way of saying things would be like a person with a penis or a person with a vulva or a person with a vagina. Yeah. It, it, you're right though. It doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue, but it, again, it's, it's the way. And the reason why we're even doing this is to make people feel like we were talking about before, I think we started recording. It's not just about being politically correct. It's not just about that. It's about respecting a basic human right of allowing someone to be seen for absolutely. their, how they feel inside about who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because like one of the examples is, I mean, at so one of early to bed has a sibling store called FTM essentials and that stands for female to male, which is becoming more of an outdated um, way of saying things, but that's sort of, that's was the name of the store years ago when it started. Um, And so we'll have a lot of people come in who um, may have body parts that we associate with women, but they're not women. And so that's where um, we are recognizing, I'm sure, like I'm not always going to get everything right. I am constantly learning where I work. We're always constantly learning. Language is always changing. Yeah. but so I'm going to do the best I can for what I know at this particular time. But yeah, just because someone has a certain body part doesn't mean they identify a certain way. And so for someone to come in and if we talk about certain things as like, this is the section for women's toys, this is the section for men's toys, that can be really uncomfortable for someone who doesn't either identify that way or who is trans and, and, does and isn't sure like what that means for them mm-hmm. um already a kind of a scary world to be in if you've never been to a store like that if you've never like had a sex toy and I know this isn't just about sex toys and, and yeah. like we're talking about the pelvic floor here but that's um 
that's a really being in the sex toy industry is a, is a really good place to learn how to use this language. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. And okay. And let's go back to language and just different kind of terminology, like basics. So, um, cisgender is the same as like the cisgender is what you were born, what you were assigned right. at birth. Yeah. I'm a cis woman. I was assigned female at birth and I was raised a girl and a woman and I still identify that way. So I'm a cis woman. It's really just the opposite of trans. It's a shorthand way to say you're, you know, not trans. Okay. Um, and well, in trans, I have a question about that too. So okay. A transvestite is somebody who just dresses. And I think that's probably an outdated term. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, there are still, um, I'm sure people out there who use it. Um, I mean, like Rocky Horror is still yeah. bigger on Halloween, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, um, you know, I, and I can't claim to, to be, to know all of my trans history. Um, it, it is more of an outdated term today. Um, and it was, I feel like it was mainly used for people who dressed, who dressed the opposite like the other gender. gender. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So, so now, right. We, we have transgender, which really trans is the easiest like way to, cause there are still people who identify as transsexual. There are people who find that word to be really uncomfortable and outdated. So the easiest most inclusive kind of the word the the part of the word that's been around for a long time is trans Trans. and that can mean a lot it can mean a lot and and so another question I have is if somebody is trans transgender they may or may not be going through procedures to actually transition from one gender to the other correct Correct. But no matter what, you're still trans. If you identify as trans, whether you're going through medical procedures or not, you're still trans. Yeah. And that's kind of a conversation that's happening too, is you don't have to medically transition in order to be trans. Um, For some people, they're totally happy with the bodies they have um, and, you know, some of the things they can do to um, make themselves look a little different, like we, um, binders, for example, of people who, um, have, uh, larger chests, um, want to flatten their chests. They can wear a binder that kind of flattens them. Um, maybe down the line, they could have a mastectomy and, and have what we call top surgery. Um, but maybe not. And that's kind of, um, I think its own thing in the trans community as well as like feeling it's kind of like, some people feel not trans enough or not queer enough because they don't fit a certain idea of what we have of, of, of being any of those identities. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. No, this is perfect. And it just, it brought me another question. So that actually, I know we're really talking about gender today and gender identities, but you just slipped in the word queer and I need to understand fully what that means. Queer is... Yes. So it has, was obviously, as you probably know, and most people probably know, it was used as a slur many years ago against the LGBTQ plus community. And it's a word that was... um, Reclaimed. It was reclaimed. reclaimed. Yes. Yes. That is, it was reclaimed. I knew it started with RE. It was reclaimed by people in the queer community to say, like, this is a word that's been used to hurt us. 
and we don't want it to be able to hurt us anymore. And it's um, inclusive of then a lesbian, bisexual, yes. um, gay. It's you. It's yeah. inclusive of all. It is, okay, that's yeah, that was all it. inclusive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. LGBTQ. The Q is queer um, or questioning sometimes um, for people who might be questioning their identities. Um, but there are people out there today still who don't like it. Um, but it is really nice shorthand. It's also been used for decades in the academic community as like talking about queer theory. Like I have right here, a quick and easy guide to queer and trans identities. So even if you don't, I I know people who like don't identify as queer um, might be uncomfortable using that word. But if, if you're not using it in a way as the slur, then um, I personally, as a queer person, don't have a problem with people who aren't queer using it. Okay, so that's that's a little bit about kind of sexual identity and probably more in, so in the world of pelvic health, we're more thinking about gender identity. Yeah. Well, we're talking, we're thinking about it all, to be honest with you, because yeah. it's all part of pelvic health. But so gender identity, we've talked then about the cis, the cis uh, genders, cis male, cis female. We've talked about trans. What about non-binary and like how... And also I want to talk about the pronouns and like, when is it appropriate to use that? Cause I started seeing people, you know, use their, their pronouns on Mm -hmm. their Instagram profile. And I've got to be honest at first, I was really confused. I'm like, what, what? I don't, I don't understand what this means. Right. Like you see your picture and you're like, obviously I'm she. Can you explain that a little more fully? Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of another, um, green flag. I'll call it, um, to say that you, um, are, are recognized that just because someone looks a certain way, that doesn't mean that they identify a certain way and have certain pronouns. So it really can sort of make a safer space for people to tell you what their pronouns are. Um, and know that if, because you have your pronouns on, on your profile or on your business card or whatever, that you're, you recognize that pronouns are important because it's the same with, with names too. Like just because someone has a certain name doesn't mean that they're necessarily use he or she pronouns. So honestly, another thing is another one of those like really easy um, or simple changes to make, which is another thing that can be kind of hard to get roll off the tongue is using they like almost indefinitely, like even whenever I'm at work, even if I am like 99% sure I know what this person's pronouns are, if I'm talking to a coworker about them or like have a question, I'm going to say they, I, there's that 1%, like there's that 1% that maybe they don't use the pronoun that I am assuming that they use, like literally like he or she in writing Um, can simply be changed to they because I think we've we've recognized the the guidelines like AP guidelines yeah we've we've recognized that they singular is a word that Mm -hmm. can be used and 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 so um, even just yeah instead of saying he or she just changing today. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like kind of a personal question for me, just with the work I do. If we're talking about a trans person who has a trans man who has, who was born with a uterus 
and, you know, maybe still has it, like you're saying, might have prolapse. Um, I think we'd still start with assigned female at birth and then just name the body parts as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, but if you're talking one-on-one, if you like had a client or a patient or, or whatever, um, in that case, I would just recommend asking what that person feels most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, cause some people are going to be totally fine with still calling body parts, what we call them. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, uh, might have their own language and if they do, then it can be maybe kind of weird or uncomfortable as a doctor to not refer to something as you were taught to refer to it. But if your goal is to make a person, a client or a patient feel comfortable, I mean, the whole, you you don't want to tense pelvic floor while you're trying to do pelvic floor work, right? Yeah. Um, So just like asking them and, and I think asking them will go a long way and, you know, maybe they'll say whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Maybe they'll tell you what they feel most comfortable with. Um, But when it comes to just like writing about it or talking about it, I think as sticking with assigned female or male at birth and just using body parts as we know them, penis, testicles, vagina, vulva, is totally fine because we're not assigning, we're, we're not, by doing that, we're not assigning those body parts to a specific gender. Mm-hmm. Um, we're acknowledging that those body parts are used to assign male or female at birth. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think that for a lot of us, it's going to be probably a slow transition as we, as we work through how to insert this language into our into our businesses, into our websites, into our social media, all of that. Yeah. But, but I just hope anyone listening would just have patience with those of us in the community who are, we're, we're going to try to make small steps um, as we can and as we learn more and as we understand. But I think it is going to be a, for me personally, I'll just speak for me personally. I'm going to, I'm pledging to start making some changes, but I know I'm going to get it wrong sometimes. And I know I'm not going to be able to overhaul everything yeah. all at once. And so that's just sort of like a public service announcement for me personally. I can't speak for anyone else in my, in my field, but um, I'm going to try and I hope people can have patience. And the other thing I want to ask is in general, do you find that people who, who may feel misunderstood or underrepresented or unseen, you know, do you think that it's best to just dive in and have the conversation? Cause I think sometimes maybe providers or people that are talking to them, maybe they feel like it's awkward and it shouldn't be addressed and like, let's just not talk about it. Or is it better to just like say something and bring it out into the open? What's better? Yeah. So I think um, it's going to be different for every person and, and I'll say patient um, because it can be exhausting to have to keep rehashing yeah. your pronouns, your identity, and and just over and over. But at the same time, I feel like it can be just as um, painful or worse for it to be ignored yeah. completely and like just pretend it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I bring it up, and if you know, and just take the lead of the the person you're talking to. Like if if they they don't want to talk about it, then don't push it. Mm -hmm. Um, if, 
they are frustrated, understand that this is a conversation that they've probably had a lot of times with people who still don't get it. But one thing I think is really great is a lot of places are putting um, pronouns on there, for example, patient intake sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can put your pronouns, um, even if people put their names, and then some places also have a place for preferred names. So if your um, the name you use in day-to-day life doesn't match your official documents, for example, the, the doctor or the provider will, will know what to call you. So they're not calling you by a name that is really difficult for you to hear, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm really fascinated and a huge student of energy Uh (laughs) and, you know, feminine and masculine energy, understanding that there is both in everyone. And it's really just the quality. It's just duality that we're talking about two different types of, of, of energy. And you can be totally honest with me here. Like, is that offensive to somebody when we're speaking about these kind of binary things, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're wanting to not be so binary, but yet right. here we are talking about divine feminine and divine masculine. And yeah. recognizing that like masculine and feminine are words and energies and like um, descriptions of certain things, I think is not inherently wrong. Offensive. I think that's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's really important is um, noting that there are, um, that everyone has both. It's kind of like both and. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have both of these. Even if we personally don't name those things in ourselves as masculine and feminine. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? So while you're talking about these things as masculine and feminine, what you call feminine might not, like, I might not call it that for myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say gender is a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when people say spectrum, that means like one, like there's one and then there's the other, and then there's stuff in between. Mm -hmm. I say spectrum here. I'm imagining like a color wheel sort of spectrum. There's not like, man or woman one or the other there's like all of these just mm-hmm. everything sort of is fluid and sort of blends you know color wheels are like there's lots of blending there are no stark lines and like beginnings and ends um and even someone who identifies as cis can play with gender mm-hmm. um like people just i mean like And we don't talk about it that way because, like, let's think about, like, fashion. Like, a woman in big, heavy leather boots and a leather jacket, like, those are things that we typically associate that have always been associated with, like, masculine and men, right? But, But, like, anyone can wear heavy boots and a big leather jacket and still, like, identify as a woman, you know, we call it flagging where, um, you know, certain hairstyles are associated more with being queer, certain fingernail decorations, any person, whether or not you're cis or trans can play with gender. And it's just so expansive. And I think we would all do a little bit better to like recognize that things don't have to be so boxed in. It's about 
just being you, just being who, yeah. like, looking the way makes you feel best and the most self-expressed. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, for sure. And I yeah. think it's still all like, is it, this is all this whole conversation is, is about recognizing just the vastness of people and identity and, and how it doesn't have to be a complicated, scary, like frustrating thing. I know it can be like difficult to, to, to learn. Um, but I think it's actually really beautiful. You know, it reminds me of this, the old fashioned quote, you can't judge a book by its cover. Like Mm -hmm. we all know that quote from growing up and that's really what we're saying here. Like that's what, that's what we're saying. You can't judge a book by its cover and you can't ever make assumptions is the other big take home. I I just want to say, um, assign female at birth, assign male at birth, um, people with vulvas, people with penises, people with vaginas, Putting your pronouns on things um, in email signatures is a really easy way to to sort of um, demarcate that you're, you know, a safer space for people who, you know, might feel uncomfortable about correcting with pronouns. And that's another thing, too. If you um, make a mistake, if someone tells you their pronoun and you make a mistake, rather than being like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. This is so hard. I'm going to try to do better. I promise. Mm-hmm. Apologize and move on. Okay. Because if you like make it a big deal, then that kind of forces them to be like, oh, it's so it's OK. Yeah. And really, like, it's not okay, but it's totally fine that you're learning. Yeah. Um, so just like apologize, move on. We're all still learning and trying to figure this out. Also using they instead of saying he or she, or, and just uh, that's also another really easy switch to make. And I know I'm saying easy and I, so I still want to recognize that this is a, can be difficult to implement. Um, but just the fact that you're thinking about it is really meaningful and important and appreciated by a lot of people. It's still not as safe a space as I'd like it to be, but I think we're getting there. I think it will happen. I think this is the start. Yeah. 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 I've noticed even just the last couple of years that the public health field is, is doing a lot more to be inclusive. And I think that's great. Well, thank you, Nicole, so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if this podcast was helpful for you today, please share it with a friend. Tell them, you know, what you learned and how it's going to be helpful and amazing for them to talk about this stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and also check the show notes for all the links you need, including how to follow me on Instagram and YouTube. And until next time, remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit. We'll see you next time.